Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. We go into our wrap of the top business stories, uh, taking a look at uh, all of the happenings in the world of money. Joining me to help us take a look at these stories is uh, Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers, and that's Makwe Masilela. Makwe, what's your Jay, bro? Sweet nom katakata, was it my out Ah, safe no smogo, safe no smogo. Makwe, I want us to start off in the coal sector. Mike Teke and Sariti set here to uh, create a behemoth, if I can say that. Um, sure. A major, major supplier of coal to ESCOM. Uh, I guess at a time when we're talking about the reduction of emissions and all manner of other things. But um, what's happening here with South 32? Uh, and it seems South 32 is willing to do anything to get this deal across the line. By all means, you know, and yes, that should be good for the city to be able to get South 32 to come with those kind of compromises, you know, to forfeit some of the upfront payments. But hey, this deal is supposed to be one of the deals that we should be celebrating as a country. But seemingly, there are just so many unnecessary noise around it. I think this is the very same deal where they were talking about people trying to increase the coal price, ESCOM not following the right processes to get that done, stuff like that. But I think as much as South 32 wants to get out of this deal and really being led by people who are capable, who know what they're doing in the space, they should at least make sure that this whole thing gets to be signed the right way. As we are talking, and then I'm saying that really they've got issues with an agreement that still has to be signed between themselves and ESCOM. And so far, the guys, I think they've spent almost 400 million, you know, and even today it's not yet been signed. You ask yourself that, as you said, we're talking now in the times when people or the big lenders are reluctant to finance this kind of deal. And if you also now get this other unnecessary noise, then that will turn away most investors to try to help out the likes of Serity. And we hope that it gets to be done sooner than later. And yes, it's a bit of a concern that why will South State 2, you know, go to this extent, you know, to say, listen, we are happy to do whatever it takes to make sure that this whole thing comes to fruition. Because I think as a seller, there should be other things that you are prepared to take and say, listen, on this other matters, I won't be able to do that. I cannot compromise on these other principles. And I think we still need details on that, that why should you really do that as of 32? I don't think you must not do it because you are happy because you'll be helping, you know, a black-owned company. But we need to get to the gist of the matter. Mm, mm. I mean, look, I think for me, Mark, where one, um, I guess let's let, let's commend the fact that uh, Mike's, uh, Mike Teke and his team at Sariti um, have a big ambition. Uh, but I guess the big concern is that this is an ambition in a sector that we're trying to wean ourselves off of. If you look at the integrated resource plan. Um, yeah. and for me, the big question marks are where is this big black player in the renewable space? Where is it in wind, in solar, in PV, in gas, in, in all of those spaces? You are right. And remember, they see themselves operating in the energy space, not necessarily coal. And maybe over time, they might diversify into that. But sure, I will sure. have to be honest with ourselves as much as. We are talking about the integrated energy plan. We're going to still have to use coal 
for a long time mm, in South Africa. True. We have so many reserves. As we're talking now, I mean, ESCOM is supplying, I mean, how many percent using coal? And it's not only the likes, I mean, not uh, not only South Africa, the likes of India as well. China, they still have a big demand. Yes, some of the things we've seen them that people just talk, that this is what we want to do. But the reality is, it can take you years to get mm. to that level where you have the right mix. And we support that, that yes, for the sake of global warming, for the sake of our environment, we need to get to start using less, less coal. But the practicality here is, when will we be able to do that? And here we are talking South Africa. Yes, other sure. developed nations can easily be able to turn around and just start using other things. Bear in mind that other countries have been using the likes of gas for a long time, before you even talk the likes of PV, you know. Now and then when you hear confrontations between the Russians and the U.S. government, mm. it's more about the gas pipe, you know. So all I'm sure. saying, some of these things have been there for years, just like coal mines for us have been there for years. As an example, the Department of Minerals and Energy, they still allocate some small Angana mines or mining rights to the people around the mining areas to continue mm. doing some open cut. So that tells you that we still have to make sure that we make sure that we use almost everything that we have when it comes to coal. And yes, banks can stay away, but you'll still get private investors, private equity, where they realize that we can make quick back here. And for the fact that other people don't want to touch it, it gives somebody with good money to say, okay, I'll touch it, but I'm going to mm. ask for higher returns. So it's also another opportunity for those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. VBS, Makwe, um, 2018, I think, was the time when Anush uh, Ruplal was... Uh, put in place as the curator. Since then, there was a deal with NetBank facilitated by the central bank. Uh, for many of those who have lost their money, stock fells, individuals, savings groups, uh, you know, wide array of uh, depositors here, they could get um, maximum 100,000 rand of their deposits through NetBank. It seems that uh, particular platform is coming to an end, but uh, most of the people, I guess, have collected their money. Most of the people have collected their money. As we know that most of them, they were desperate for their money, which makes sense. But why NetBank out of all these banks? Because NetBank, the branch network, doesn't have the necessary coverage, you know, for them to be appointed. It's interesting why NetBank out of everyone. But yes, as much as we always say that your money is safe with the bank, it just shows you that sometimes stuff like this happen. I mean, here we are saying if you had more than 100,000, you can only get 100,000 because that is what is guaranteed. So the other ones, you just have to get, take a haircut. But yes, three months, I guess, is sufficient time because it's mostly concentrated in some few areas, you know, when it comes to their clients, and they should be able to cover them up within the next three months. And as you said, most guys have already taken their money, already have managed to claim that 100000 but the worrisome thing is people couldn't be guaranteed all their money that they kept with a bank. And we've seen it happening before with other banks in other worlds, the likes of Greece, Cyprus, where people had to take a very serious haircut. But yes, we hope within the next coming three months, people will have claimed all their money. Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly one of the tough ones. I mean, uh, a sad day when uh, a mutual that was hoping to graduate to become a commercial bank uh, folds in this particular fashion. Uh, but uh, I guess we certainly uh, are also going to be following quite closely over the next few months or so the prosecution around this and the trial, Mark. 
not true. But remember, you know, as much as uh, VBS might be in this kind of trouble for whatever reasons, we also had a bank that was run by people who we think that they know what they're doing. What happened to Sambo? You know, what happened yeah, to African? Exactly. exactly. So all I'm saying is, it's not the first bank, you know, to mm. go bank. And we're not saying it's the right thing anyway, but we have not to put color on this whole thing or to put the fact that it's a mutual bank, hence maybe it's in this kind of trouble. What happened to African Bank? Unfortunately, they were helped out by other banks, including the PIC as well. So at least try to save you. And here it is. It was saved. It's up and running again. They're coming with new business models. They're coming with new revenue streams. So I think mm. the likes of VBS as well, they, can, they could have been saved if people could have put their heads together that, hey, listen, Yes, people did whatever what that they've done, which is wrong, and probably or hopefully they will get to go to jail for all their deeds. But hey, there were people with good intentions here. Why can't we save them? Because my biggest worry here is you had 150,000 banks saved with them, and you can only get at least 100,000. I mean, for most of us, we cannot afford that. Yeah, it's a tough one, Marco. It's a tough one. Paolo World. Uh, I think the last time I spoke about Parlor World was uh, probably around, um, you know, their plans to dispose of some of their divisions, but also when that BE deal came. And uh, yeah. I want to think about those two developments, Marco, in the context of uh, what we're going to talk about here. Not just the new acquisitions, but the looming exit from the logistics and the car retail business. Uh, what implications is this going to have on that deal? Because I, I recall uh, that uh, the BE deal had a significant part of it being... I guess the property for the uh, a car retail business. Yeah, but you see, when they exit that, the retail part of things, the motor vehicle, the dealership, I mean, whatever that they'll be making out of that has to go towards that BE scheme. Have to make sure that it makes up a portion of that because we're not saying it collapsed. That's selling that stake. So there's money coming through. And also, when they were talking this, they didn't have the such business in place. So obviously they have to consider that as well to make up, you know, for what any whatever earnings could have been lost or any that could have been generated by the by the dealerships because as we have seen that at least things are starting to pick up from that end. So I think they have to find a balancing act because if they don't then that be is deal. That scheme, I mean, it's just dead, you know, on arrival. There's no way it will survive. It's just going to be another story, just like other PETs that we've seen, that they have to be sure. refinanced, have to be re-extended. But I think it only makes sense that, listen, X was also part of the deal, so you are selling X. Those proceeds, what are you doing about them? And going forward, where do you expect us to end? You know, so that, remember, we have to finance whatever debt with dividends. So those dividends will be generated by which asset. So there should be another asset that they have to put in place. Mm. Or else then I think it's not going to be right. And I don't think Barlow is because they are. They will allow themselves to be in that kind of a situation. Yeah, me as as a shareholder there, I'd be looking or eyeing that equipment business because it seems they're going all over the world uh, buying up uh, these large, uh, what do they call it, yellow metal type businesses. What's the story there, Marco? It's a very good one as well, you know, because, I mean, as we've seen, yes, it doesn't do as 
much as we have expected, especially back home here. But expanding internationally, it puts them on a very good footing. And more importantly, it's a nice way to diversify their earnings. As we've seen with other companies which were well diversified, especially with COVID, which managed to expose a lot of things. Because in other instances or regions, you get hard lockdowns. Others, you don't, you don't get as much as hard as you get back home here. Other countries managed to come with very similar, similar package which they managed to implement. So what I'm trying to say, some of the industries in other regions didn't get a very serious knock because of the support that they got from their government. So for them diversifying, you know, their earnings, I think that will do well for them going forward. And remember, these guys have started all these austerity measures way before uh, COVID started, mm. trying to make sure. sure that, listen, let's save whatever that we can save way before COVID. And I think gradually they're starting to see the returns or the yields from those austerity measures that they implemented long time ago. Mm. What's the idea here? What kind of divisions? So, so you know, when you undertake a, a process like that, there's a certain end point that you have in mind. Uh, and in that end point, you would probably say these are the type of divisions that will be part of a future Palo uh, world. You know, I mean, this is a company that comes from far. They used to call it Palo sure. Rand at some point. Yeah. Uh, and it played in a wide array of sectors. Uh, from what you can see um, and what strategy the company has communicated, what does that end game look like? Well, what kind of company will we see at the end of this uh, particular strategy? A company that will be exposed to, uh, into the food industry through the acquisition that they made from Tonga to let that such business. A company that will also, as you mentioned, when it comes to the yellow uh, equipment, that is intending to be a very big player when it comes to that. And also a company that we know that logistics not doing that great for them, but the guys don't have intentions of getting out of what you call their rental business because that's a bit of an improvement when it comes to the rental cut, I mean, rental car market. But I think they will continue to get their good money from the starch business. And as we've seen, it has shown some serious resilience, whether it's from alcohol or from paper or from candy, whatever it is, or your coffee or your creamer. So I think they need to put more focus on that. And anyway, after you have just acquired something like that, you just want to make sure that you show it that asset. And just like the asset that they just acquired of that yellow equipment, I mean, they paid almost $3.6 billion. They have to make sure that they just make good money out of that. But companies being companies, they also have to make sure that if should, should things change, you know, they should be able to have a balance sheet to be able to get into new operations or acquire more to make sure that they continue to generate those sustainable ends. Yeah, and I think you know, the uh, shareholders on their end will be expecting no less, Makwe. Makwe, uh, we also saw numbers from uh, NAMSA. Well, I guess they were called NAMSA. I think now they're the Automotive <laughs> Business Council. And, yeah. Uh, you know, all these industry bodies, every few decades, when we refresh, uh, you know, brand refresh, uh, put out new logos, new names. I remember the, you know, the, yeah, the, the Chamber of Mines did the same, I mean, a while ago as well. So it's so quite an interesting thing. But it seems uh, there's a rebound underway in car sales and also, I guess, in automotive production, which will certainly be making, I guess, many of those um, who have been talking up the automotive master plan very happy. You know, true, but I won't read much when it comes to the March numbers because we know we are comparing them with last year. But should they con- mm. continue at this rate? 
then there's hope. And we believe there's hope. But remember, Toyota itself made a huge investment, you know. Ford made a huge investment. And as you are saying, the master plan, you know, when it comes to the industry, is one of the best that the government has managed to come up with. And hopefully other sectors will continue to copy that master plan. And should that master plan continue to be successful, then yes, there's serious hope when it comes to a motor vehicle industry because we need to realize that as much as our economy might still have a very long way to get out of the hood, we are also manufacturing for the export market and that will help those industries to continue to do okay. And as we said, other regions, as much as they had COVID restrictions, but they had the necessary support coming out of their government. So the industry, fortunately, is producing for the export market as well. And I think people should be learning from all that, that don't just look at the domestic market, just Mm. yourself as producing for the world. So I think, yes, one has to be cautious, you know, that what's going to be happening, because my biggest worry with this whole issue, and I think it applies to most sectors, is that we have to be careful of the developments or the possible developments of the new variants when it comes to COVID-19. We might be happy now that we've got the vaccine for X, Y, and Z. So if we get new variants which the current vaccines cannot handle, then we're going to go back to square one. Makwen, nobody wants to go back to square one. I mean... Uh, no sector in this economy is looking to go back to square one. I mean, go to church tomorrow then. Then make sure eh? you go to church. Then make sure that you go to church tomorrow. Then we pray. No, for chief, but is that then. not the point that uh, we are encouraging people now to worship virtually? Sure, do that. Worship <clears> virtually <throat> tomorrow. Virtually, then. virtually, virtually. We don't want this thing, Mark, where of uh, you know uh, this long trips to to go to revivals and all manner of other things if we can do it uh, virtually we must try and do so you know no by all means but you are right yeah, no one yeah. wants to go to no one wants to go to to, to 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 square one it's not nice but hey look what happened to our tax collections you know they yeah, just yeah, managed to yeah. they just managed to improve you know even with this whole issue of COVID. So it just shows you that I, as much as we might be focusing on the other things, there are sure. some green shots here and there, you know. One didn't yeah, expect yeah. that. No, it'll certainly also, I think, benefit uh, over the next uh, set of months when we look at the data for Easter uh, from uh, all of the uh, consumption that's going to come with that. I mean, we saw VAT performing well as well there, Makwe. Uh, <laughs> so we hope as people go out and they buy pickled fish and all manner of other things, uh, during Easter, that uh, they're going to be able at least to contribute uh, to those numbers. But uh, are you going to be going to church, Mark? No, visually. Oh, virtually. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I do go to church, Baba, by the way, when things are normal. That's, if that's your indirect question. When things are normal, yes, I do go to church. No, I thought you were doing a Brenda Fassi on us, you know? Tandas <laughs> are Makwe Masilela, the Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers. And aside from being a man of the markets, uh, he also is somebody. Uh,